Welcome to Double Feature, the IDS film podcast where the powers that be let us in a podcast booth to give you hot takes and maybe some lukewarm ones too. I'm Annie Aguiar. I'm Chris Forrester. And I'm Alex Dern. Oh, it's Dern? Yeah. Oh, it's oh said Darren. I see. Yeah, I thought Darren oh. too. Oh my God. Why is there a Y? You have the same last Welsh? name as Laura Dern, but you spell it differently. Yeah. But Alex, what do you do at IDS? Um, I'm a photojournalist at the IDS. Fantastic. She takes pictures. I take photographs. And today we're talking all about taking pictures as we get spooky with some scary movies for the kids, talking about the stop-motion animated films. That's where the photos comes in. Coraline <laughs> and Paranorman. And I think it's safe to say that this might be our favorite pairing of movies that we've talked about so far. Oh, definitely. Both of these movies are so near and dear to my heart. Like, I remember the first time I saw either of them. Coraline, like, the second it got on demand, me and with my tiny little TV in my bedroom in Florida as a kid, I was like, I need to watch this. And then after I watched it, I went to my school librarian and specially requested that we get a copy of the book because I was so into it. See, for me, it was the opposite way. I read the book when I was in fourth grade, I think, Mm -hmm. and it was creepy, but really, really good. And it was one of it was one of those books that just stuck out as like there has to be a movie. Yeah. And I remember my fourth grade self was like pissed off when I found out it was going to be an animated film. I don't know why. I guess I was just dumb back then. <laughs> Were you a film that, purist as a yeah, child? Yeah, even as a child, I was one of those pompous fellas who <laughs> believes animation is lesser. But now I'm so glad it's animated because I think that helps bring the world to life so well. Oh, my God. It's fantastic. I think it captures the like the, fa- like, the, the fanatical like com- like exponent like a p- component of it like much much more. I feel like it makes it much more dreamier. Yeah, and it also yeah. makes it creepy because yeah. they can like like with the character designs they can stretch the limbs mm-hmm. of like the other mother. Gosh, so creepy. And the yeah. button eyes are terrifying. I think like what you're saying with stretch the limbs of the other mother, like that transformation from her ha that is so haunting. Yeah. Especially if you're a kid watching that, like Oh, my God. That is the perfect level of scary for kids. That's one of the things that I really like about this, because I feel a lot of kids' movies are very, like, pandery and bland. Yeah. Like, this movie is legitimately creepy it's scary. and scary. Yeah. You know? It, it scared me so much as, like, yeah. a young adult. And, like, yeah. it was in the young adult section at their library when, we, when I first watched it, because, mm-hmm. like, it's not for children. <laughs> it doesn't well, feel like it's for children. I think that... it, it's good. It's for children. It, it but... doesn't talk down to kids. Well, I think that a lot of the best animated films, especially when you talk about anything Leica has made, anything (sighs) great by um, Studio Ghibli, and even some of the Pixar films, the best ones are the ones that aren't necessarily aimed at a certain Mm -hmm. age demographic. They're just simple stories that anyone can love and anyone can appreciate. And in Coraline's case, anyone can be scared breathless by. That movie still creeps me out. Ugh. I think the thing, like the one from that movie that haunts me the most is the hands clasped together with the dancing ones. Yeah. Uh, I don't, for some reason, as a kid, like that clamminess and also just all the rats. Yeah. Or remember when she like was (laughs) in the bathtub and like her hand, she was smushing all of the bugs with like her bare hands and she had like poison oak on them. So she, her hands were already disgusting. Everything in this movie is just so like... 
<laughs> yeah, you know? it's very it's, like puts you off. That's another reason that I'm really glad that they did this with animation because animation you can do a lot of the creepy things that happen in the book, but if if you imagine them as like being photorealistic, they're just traumatic. Mm-hmm. They would just be disgusting and sickening and horrific but because it's animated i think it has this sort of like gentle creepiness yeah where it's not hardcore like um david cronenberg body horror no even though if it was live action it would be it's a good introduction to not necessarily horror but things with horror elements if you're not at a stage whether it be because of age or just because you are yourself a weenie, yeah. you know, ready for the whole, dur, 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 it's blood and guts everywhere. Yeah, like, I like the little psycho noise you made there. Thank you. <laughs> um, was this Laika's first movie? No, I think Corpse Bride was. Corp- Have that you was... seen The Corpse Bride? Corpse what? Bride is by them, because I really? looked it up the other day, because I was like, Laika only has made four movies, they need to make more. Oh and then I realized God. that Corpse Bride was by them. That's legitimately surprising. But um, I just, the leap in stop motion animation, as far as like I know, went from like Wallace and Gromit and Chicken Run yeah. to this. But like it's, there was also like, I mean, there's a little, like, I mean, there's as, far as, as far as popular, or of Nightmare course, Before yeah. Christmas. Nightmare Before which Christmas. Which is by the same director. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's just like, I think the progression is something that's really remarkable, and I feel like Laika does it better yeah. than I've ever seen. Like, Nightmare Before Christmas, hmm, here's a hot take. Or not too hot a take. Way overrated. I think I it's, love I think it's okay. Oh, man, that's because you're tall. <laughs> it's be- oh, it's yeah. like a weird <laughs> love story about a guy who's, like, corrupted by the idea of having everything be perfect. He wants, like, the best of both worlds, but he can't have that. Yeah, and it's just it's a really it's a it, good movie. It's been yeah. played a lot. It's been played a lot. It's overplayed. I, it's definitely not one of my up tops. Like, <gasps> I did not know. Sorry, I don't mean to interrupt. I did not know he did James and the Giant Peach. Was that oh, if it was the same director? Was, was it under Leica's name? No, I don't think Leica formed until Corpse Bride was made. Okay, and then they did Corpse Bride, Coraline, Box Trolls, <laughs> Paranorman, and <sighs> um, Kubo and the Two Strings. Oh, that movie. We can talk about that movie first. Coraline. (laughs) Back on Coraline. We haven't actually said too much about Coraline. The theme is that we love Laika. I talk about the soundtrack. Talk about how spooky and eerie the soundtrack is. We were just sitting in the newsroom listening to the Coraline soundtrack. It's Uh, amazing. It's uh, really good. What's like the eerie song where she, it's called like adventuring or something like that, where she's like walking around like the garden stuff and this spooky like eerie like raspy woman is singing in the back. Um, How about, I'm sorry, the best song from Coraline making up a song about Coraline oh yes. yeah and it's like hands are yes yeah. so I, I when I watched the movie I immediately went and like googled the lyrics to that and just sat and just looked them over and it? over of course I oh, did yeah. because I loved it Wanting so much give us a performance? I don't I really don't because <laughs> as you can tell from my these dulcet tones I'm not exactly a singer. (laughs) I think that that song is a really good, like, exemplification of how well the movie blends, like, charm and creepiness, which makes it, like, really fun and kind of creepy. No, Laika has a real talent for, like, notes that hit. I don't mean musical notes. Yeah, yeah. That hit, and you're just like, oh, yeah. Oh. Of, like, the 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 other father with the piano, just boom. (laughs) Or I think the... 
One of the saddest things in that movie that always gets me is her with her pillow parents. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> that made, like, when and I the, watched that, I was like, I should tell my parents I love them. Yeah. The <laughs> fact that you, when it, whenever it hits you why her friend's name is Wyborn. Oh. That's so sad. Yeah. It's so mean. It really is. But, I don't know. I like how you can see the character progression. You can see her soften by the end. Oh, I like much. that. Yeah. Like, it's like a huge... I don't know what the main lesson is, because there's so many... She, it takes you on so many paths. Like, you don't know if it's, like, the lesson is, like, res- like be, like, more respectful of your parents. You don't yeah. know if it's, like, be more appreciative of your friends. But, like, at the end, like, she definitely, like, softens as a person in general. I think yeah. that that's something like it does really well is that they tell these stories that are alluring for kids because they're so like pretty and epic yeah. and charming and so many fun things but they also all have a heart of gold where once you realize like what the emotional or thematic core is you realize that it's a lot deeper than just a story about a little girl finding mm-hmm. an alternate dimension also this is a very dumb thing when I watched this movie as a kid, one of my biggest takeaways was, I wonder what voice my cat would have if my cat talked. The cat is my favorite character. Oh my. I landed now on I... Kate Blanchett. <laughs> because <laughs> my cat is just very regal and just like, oh, you know, oh. but beautiful. So Maybe yeah. maybe Tilda Swinton. Tilda Swinton. I don't know. I think Tilda's a little too. I think Kate She's, is Tilda Swinton it. is a little bit scary. I feel like Tilda Swinton would be the voice of, like, a compelling marmoset. Yeah. Or just a bird. A bird. She's a bird. Yeah, she's a bird. She's like a blue heron. (laughs) God. Blue jasmine, Kate. But no. But no, like the cat. I think the cat is a very important character. They used to be my favorite. Like, that's still my favorite character today from like the beginning when I watched Mm -hmm. it. It's like this wise old. It almost. He almost like represents like a wise old man telling her like not telling her what she should do but like guiding her along it's i love that character so much no, of course and it's very much a convenient little callback to like alice in wonderland yeah the cheshire oh, yeah. cat which is just like a, such a classic i didn't even think about that yeah there you go yeah they're wow. probably there's probably a whole like oh, graduate thesis to be written about parallels between <laughs> Coraline and think about graduate thesis. Do you mean Tumblr posts? No, think about the Reddit. No. <laughs> think about the Reddit theories that have been <laughs> created. I don't want to think about anything Reddit. Yeah, they and said that's that except our slash relationships. Everybody <gasps> tries to say that from like Frankenweenie and like the dog and um. <laughs> Frank and we the dog I've never Frank seen Frankenweenie. It's ridiculous. They bring like a dog back and then like from like the dog zero and like they're trying to connect. Uh, they yeah. always try to connect to all these I characters. Just, hot take: If it has Tim Burton's name as anything other than an, an art designer, I'm not interested. Wow. Sorry. Well, okay. Post two thousand. <laughs> okay. Like his his earlier stuff, which definitely inspired, I think, a lot of like his aesthetic. Mm-hmm. But I think they're good because a lot of their films capture the essence of what's good about Tim Burton without any of the Tim Burton Tim Burton wonky stuff yeah in like screenwriting and characters and direction that muddles everything he makes no Laika very clearly has a sense of what they're doing and how they're doing it and it's just it's very rare to sit and be like wow I just watched a masterpiece and it's even rarer to have the same studio have like two more yeah, you know? that's the thing. I, confession, before this week, before you told me to watch this movie because you wanted to talk about it, I had never seen Paranorman. Oh, and I I had seen Coraline many, many, many times. Mm-hmm. And I had seen 
Kubo and the Two Strings, which I watched on a plane, and it made me cry. And then I watched Paranorman, and it also almost made me cry. Paranorman made me cry when I rewatched it today, and I've seen that movie a ridiculous amount of it's times. It's really good. And they're so, just like with Coraline, and maybe even more so, they're such a well-rounded, like, variation of like aesthetics and mm. ideas and a really 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 great cast of characters yeah. oh yeah god i mean I, I don't like that casey affleck domestic abuser is in this movie but but i do love casey affleck like in this the, movie the character in this movie god i one of my fi- like right after you finished watching this you texted me it's such a perfect rumination on hate and fear and my first thought was just like yes he got it no <laughs> like, i said I said it's a better rumination better on rumination. hate and fear than Best Picture winner Crash. Oh God, that was it. See, I've never seen Crash. It's a movie. <laughs> it's it's probably I think the most hated movie. Best Picture winner ever. God, Paranorman is just so like it's really wonderful. I I'm really I talked about this a bit earlier with just like how like it doesn't pander, but I'm really happy that there are movies like this for kids. Yeah, you know, like. It's, I feel better knowing that kids growing up could have watched this. Yeah. And just, ugh, it's so good. It's, I know, it's really, true. really good. These are the kind of movies that, like, I feel like good, okay, this sounds bad, good parents, like, want to, like, raise their kids off, like, things that can, like, make them feel, mm-hmm. like, courageous or, like, feels like they've, like, learned a lesson yeah. and, like, love. Yeah. And it's just, like, well, I, I completely agree. I think agree. that... They care more about just simplifying, like, big themes down mm-hmm. to a way that makes them um, genuine and accessible, but without doing that as, like, a, we have to teach your kids a lesson. It's not a PSA. It's, it's not, not a, PSA. hi, kids, like we're here it. today to talk to you about this. It's not in like, your face. No. It's very subtle, <sighs> but it's good. And That's again, what makes it so good. Yeah. The, it's so subtle. the craft that goes into it is amazing oh my god have you seen all of the there's like a picture of all of the little norman faces yes oh and i've my seen god. i've seen all of the like behind the scenes mm-hmm. stuff of them animating some of the stuff in yes. kubo and the two strings it's so, so i think the, the work is so intricate it's so stressful to watch i think oh. any animated film it's a valid thing to watch and yeah you're immensely floored by the amount of work that must go into that but i think because Leica does so much that's Mm-hmm. Um, stop motion A it feels more tactile and I think that that the same way that practical versus CGI mm-hmm. you feel more impressed by the practical you just watching their films you have this sense that the characters are really there in these environments they're not like, just yeah. digitally generated not to knock 3D animation because 3D animation is gorgeous but like do you know how many times someone precisely carved the angle of Norman's nose yeah like there's love put into this, and you can feel it. And it's and that Stop extends. Stop motion very intimate. Yeah. Like it's a very e- intimate process. It is, and it it I think that extends beyond just the animation. I think mm-hmm. it doesn't even begin there. I think that like a as a studio is willing to pour so much energy into animation because they have so much passion for the stories that they want to tell. Yes, it, this movie is so many things all at once, and I. It's really remarkable in that at the end of the day, you feel sympathy for almost every character, yeah. except for Alvin, but he's comic relief. Yeah. You know, yeah, but yeah. every and single person 
no one gets demonized is the thing. Yeah, it, even yeah. even like the zombies and the, zombies. the witches and this the traditionally scary things. It reminded me a little bit of have you seen Guillermo del Toro's movie The Devil's Backbone? I haven't. Well, it's a little it's thematically this movie but for grown-ups who can handle this movie. It's basically about a young boy who goes to this orphanage in the desert during the Spanish Civil War mm-hmm. um, and there's this ghost that all of the kids there are terrified of and as the movie goes on there's a lot more that happens yeah. but the main arc is that you realize this ghost isn't actually there to scare anyone they're just scared of it and really it's just this like sad little boy trying to communicate with yeah. this dimension oh God. And that's the same, I think, emotional journey that Paranorman takes you on. It's so... But, it's... but it, this all, movie's also really funny. Yeah, that's what I was about. I, we <laughs> Parallel thoughts. Parallel thoughts to each other. I was going to say heartwarming. But oh, okay. Well, those are two different I think, thoughts. Well, but I think they generally touch on like the yeah. warmth that's I, there. It's of, not a depressing movie. Yeah. One of my favorite things about both Coraline and Paranorman is that the kids' dialogue is written like kids' dialogue. Yeah. Like, I believe that. Like, there's a scene where Norman is at his new friend Neil's house, and Neil wants him to throw the stick to his ghost dog, and Norman's <laughs> like, do I, okay, what do I, you, you go first. And he's like, no, I already went, you go. It's so accurate to, like, two kids hanging out for the first time and they're nervous or one of them the humor is so funny it mostly avoids i think another way that they skirt around the tropes of kids movies is they avoid the crummy like poop and fart jokes there's the scene with the the ghost dog that's so good i i keep laughing in my mind at do you swear like the f word (laughs) no no (laughs) that's, that's a really good line god it's, I love this movie so much. I love both I remember, of these movies yeah. so much. I I like Paranorman more. I think I like them equally, but I f- feel like I have more of a connection with Coraline just because I've seen it and I have a little bit of nostalgia with it. Yeah, yeah. No, definitely. So we've been watching it for years. Like it's just like a feel. It's really weird because it's so creepy. So like when like you're a kid and like you grow up with this, it's very like, how do you like tell someone like yeah? So I've seen this movie like at least like. I don't know once once a year like Halloween like it's just like a, like you keep on going I don't know I haven't see, I've only seen Paranormal for the last I, I saw it like so many years ago I never rewatched it, I don't know why but like yeah. Coraline just had this like really eerie feeling to it that made me like want to keep coming back to it because I was still creeped out as I got older like I was thinking about this recently like the horror or creepy or scary things that you like latch on to as a kid and I was thinking about this <laughs> experience particularly in relation to like secrets hidden in Pokemon games. Like how like the Lavender Town music is creepy. Oh, there's a like I the little things the little like scary things that you latch onto as a kid. Yeah. Like when you look back, it's just like, oh you know, okay. But they had so much power back then. Yeah. And that's what Coraline kinda is for me. Like I remember watching that. that and feeling like it was something grand and it is something grand but in a different kind of sense well and i think it a lot of that comes back to the craft and dedication that goes into them because like Coraline, right from the opening scene i feel like it captures the entire tone of the movie even before you've gotten to Mm -hmm. the other dimensions and the scary parents but just with like the clouds and the lightning and the gloomy house and the 
I the forest. Yeah, mm-hmm. I love that house too. But also, like, it's just really realistic because, like, her life isn't perfect and her life yeah. is kind of sad because she just, like, moved away and she, she moved to this gloomy place and, like, her personality just kind of meshes with it. But, like, you just feel like you're forced to feel like yeah. everything she's experiencing and it's all new and creepy. The one kind of strange. The one thing I will say about Coraline is I feel like um, the ending was a little too, like, I feel, no, I feel like it, it could have ended earlier. Like, she did the thing, and then they're like, you got one more thing left to do. And Oh, yeah, with the hand? Yeah. I I thought the hand wasn't... No, I thought I just no, wanted yeah. the bell down to be finished. I just yeah. wanted her to be off. But yeah. I can't remember if the book was like that, because, like, I cannot... I haven't read the book. I read it in junior high. Like, it was so long ago. But God. I do agree with you. I feel like... The hand crawling after White, like Wybie goes down yeah, the well. Yeah, it's, it's a great, like, I do understand. I, visual moment. It's fun, but as but far as the was it story, necessary? I'm just like, cool. Yeah. Yeah. But, I yeah, I feel like Paranorman is a lot more focused. It's a lot cleaner. I would agree with that. I feel like it's really yeah, focused. I think I, I think narratively I like Paranorman better, mm-hmm. but I like the world of Coraline yeah. a little bit better. No, that's totally fair. And because you have, like, known it for so long, you've spent more yeah. time within that yeah. world. Well, and I think it's a little bit... It's more singular in that, like, I've seen towns overrun by zombies before, mm-hmm. but I haven't really seen a movie that captures that same, like, not haunted house, but just sort of, like, creepy, weird, middle-of-nowhere okay. house connected to a creepier, weirder yeah. other dimension. No, it's really a fantastic movie. Like, I... Love it to pieces. These are both fantastic movies. I have to talk to you guys about this one thing. I don't know if you guys felt this, but, like, Coraline is such an interesting person. I don't know if I've ever met someone that's very straightforward, very just, like like abrupt with no. her thoughts she is very just like for, like she'll like she sees bugs on like the wall she'll smush them even though she has like poison ivy on her hand like she doesn't care she'll just like do it she just does things to I do mean, it like, I feel like Coraline is a character that a lot of kids can kind of see elements of themselves in if yeah. there are the vague if they're, if they're the rare like self of course res- re- like reflective type of kid yeah. to know that I know when I was a kid I was way too blunt way too direct mm-hmm. and kind of mean to my mom yeah. yeah like I know that so it's very much a universal kind of thing yeah. and I feel like Coraline and Norman are both universal in, in completely different ways oh I agree which is I agree. one of the strengths of both of these movies yeah. like ugh yeah, it doesn't feel that's... like you're watching the same movie. It doesn't feel like you're, but it feels no. like you're getting the same stuff you want out of it from the characters. Yeah, I yeah. I think that's the strength of all of the Leica films mm-hmm. that I've seen. That they they have this sort of very definitive and cohesive like brand and vibe and aesthetic, mm-hmm. but they all feel completely different from one another. Yeah, it's you're in like completely different worlds. They, I was about to say, they yeah. really are their own worlds. Yeah, like, exactly. ugh. And even for today's films, like, Coraline and Paranorman are sort of, they're similar, which is why we paired them together, in that they're both these kind of, like, gently spooky Mm -hmm. movies, but they have... Gently spooky is such a good description. Mm. But they capture that in such distinct ways that, like, they feel 
very different yeah. from one another. I also I also know that I like Paranorman more because I'm a sucker for ghosts and stories about ghosts. Oh yeah. In oh, every yeah. single medium. Like nothing paranormal speaks to me more than ghosts. Oh yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I agree with that. One hundred percent wholeheartedly. All right. So man, here we are. That was a good talk. We <laughs> I feel better. I feel ca- that was cathartic talking about that movie. There are it's seven so thumbs up in this studio right now, and one extra is, is the other mother's giving <laughs> <laughs> her own movie a thumbs up. Jesus Christ! All right, so that's everybody it needs to watch it. Both yeah. of them. Everyone. Yeah. Needs Everyone to watch these required watching to be a good person. It's necessary, especially in October. Especially yes. in October. But these are unobjectionable October movies, and that if I recommend them to you, you can't say. But I don't like horror movies. Like no. I don't care. This is Watch bigger it. than you. This, this is, is more. This is bigger than you. This is do for it everyone for else. The culture. <laughs> Thank you for joining us on this gently spooky episode of IDS Double Feature. I've been Chris. I am Annie. I will be Alex. Tune in next week uh, for the episode, which is. Modern horror is social commentary. Yes, ma'am. Oh, man, we talking... we're talking a whole slew of movies, but for now we're gonna get out of here. <laughs> Boo! <laughs> Thanks. Oh, isn't that funny? Boo. Okay.